Welcome to Genesis Church. My name is Paul Mumaw, and I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, if you're here, maybe as a family, uh, maybe some out-of-town family or friends uh, for this Fourth of July weekend, uh, we do want to welcome you here uh, with us today. Um, we're going to be starting a brand new series next week that I'll tell you a little bit about at the end of our service. Um, but in preparation for that, I, I just want to let you know that um, I'm going to be out uh, of, of, of preaching from here for just a few weeks, and I uh, wanted to let you know that I, I've got a really cool opportunity opportunity uh, over the next few weeks to do a couple of things. First of all, I'm going to be preaching next Sunday at Movement Church uh, in Cincinnati. And many of you know Josh and Heidi Tandy, and they served here and have planted a brand new church across the river from Cincinnati in Fort Thomas, Kentucky. And I'm going to get to go and uh, to encourage them and to preach there next Sunday. And uh, we're supporting them as a church, and so it's just a real fun opportunity uh, to go and to be a part of uh, some of the great things that are happening. And then in just a couple of weeks, um, I'm going to be uh, preaching, doing a kind of guest preaching at, um, uh, what's, it, what's it called, uh, Oakbrook Church. Yeah, I forgot about it for a second there in Kokomo. Uh, their pastor is a good friend of mine, Mark Malin, and he's taking the whole summer off, taking a sabbatical, and so he's got different guest teachers coming in, and uh, so I'm going to get the privilege of doing that. So if you were to hear that or see that or whatever, it's just for those reasons uh, to go in to fill in and have some fun, and uh, my family is going to take some vacation in the middle of all of that as well. So it's going to be a great time, um, and we're starting a brand new series next week, and Kevin and Ben and Steve are going to be doing all the teaching for that. Um, well, I could tip you off now what we're going to be talking about, but I'll save that uh, until the very end. But um, before we get there, um, today we're closing out a series that we've been in uh, called Life Apps. And uh, we've been in this series for a few weeks now. We started out this series by looking at a passage of Scripture uh, from James, the book of James, when he explains uh, how we as followers of Jesus are supposed to be uh, more than hearers of the Word, but also doers of the Word. Uh, basically, that when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to the Word of God, it's, it's not enough as a Christian to read it uh, or even to say you know it or maybe even memorize it, but it's all about doing it. I mean, it, it's about application. Application uh, is the goal. And over the past five weeks, we've talked about forgiveness, and uh, we've talked about the importance of confession and generosity and trust. And, and today, I get to wrap up this series uh, as we're talking about encouragement uh, and how the words that we share really have the power uh, to make all of the difference uh, for the people around us. Uh, but what we're going to see is in our lives, too. And uh, let me, let me kind of illustrate uh, what, what, what this looks like. Um, just uh, a few months back, I was invited to speak on a panel uh, here in the community and was, felt pretty encouraged I get invited to do this. I was the only pastor that was invited to speak, and I showed up at this event, and it was located out of town here, and um, I was talking to some of the other individuals that were going to be serving on this panel, and I got to talking to this one person before it started, and, and I said to him, hey, where do you live? And uh, they were telling me they lived in Anderson, and I said, um, you know, do you, do you go to church anywhere? And they were like, well, yeah, um, we go to church in Noblesville. And I said, oh, really? I said, well, where do you go? And and they were like, well, we go to this place called Genesis Church. And I just, like, I kind of stepped back for a moment, and I, I looked around, and I make sure there were video cameras, if I was being punked or some ABC special or whatever that was going on here. And, and I thought about it for a second. I'm like, I, don't, I really don't know what to think right now. Is she pull, are they pulling my leg? Is this a joke or whatever? But they weren't joking. I, they, and, and she followed me. She said, well, what do you do for a living? And, and well... 
I said, I, well, I'm a pastor, but that church that you're talking about, Genesis, I've heard their preacher is really, really good. You know, I mean, I've heard, heard some great things about it. So again, you know, I, I didn't say that. I promise I didn't say that. But again, you know, am I supposed to be encouraged or discouraged in this moment? Or uh, just this past week, a little over a week ago, I was out eating breakfast one morning at a restaurant and I noticed the, the person who was the, the cashier, uh, I recognized her as somebody that had helped me with a wedding a few weeks ago. This was a wedding that was off-site at another location, and uh, she was a, a, the wedding coordinator for this wedding, and she kind of looked at me like she knew me, and so we just kind of talked for a second and said, hey, I, I remember you. You remember we worked the wedding together. You, you served as a wedding coordinator. I was like, oh, yeah, and she said, you were the DJ, right? And I was like, do I look like a DJ, really? You know, spin it up for everybody, but uh, again, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be encouraged or discouraged in that moment, but hey, I don't know how you're wired, but we can all use a little encouragement right? I mean, just kind of how, how we're kind of built and how we're kind of put together. I mean, don't we all love being encouraged? And encouragement is good. It, it, it feels right. And, and it has the power to make all of the difference uh, for you in a, a day or in a week or in a particular season. Um, S. Truett Cathy is the founder of Chick-fil-A. Someone once asked him, how do you know when a person needs encouragement? And his reply was, if they're breathing. <laughs> If they're breathing, you know they need encouragement because we all need encouragement. Well, unfortunately, uh, we live in a day and age today uh, when encouragement is a little more difficult to come by. And I, I think it's fair uh, to, this, to say that our culture uh, is more comfortable with criticism than compliments, if you think about that. And in fact, studies have shown that in business, uh, the ratio between complaints and compliments is about 10 to 1. Uh, and, and it's not much different at the personal relationship level either, that according to a Gottman Institute study, for every one encouraging comment we receive, there are typically six critical comments that are, go with it. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to read a, a verse to you, uh, a verse that was written by some words that were written by a man by the name of Solomon. Now, Solomon is often thought of as the wisest person or one of the wisest people who ever lived. And as we look at this verse together, I want, to t- I want you to tell me what you think uh, as you read this verse. And it doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, new to church, or uh, maybe you have been in church for a long time. But, but when you look at a verse like this, check this verse out here in, in Proverbs Uh, 18 verse 21. Now, this is the message format of this verse, but here's what Solomon says. He says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. I mean, ain't that the truth? The words have that potential. They can either serve as poison or they can serve as fruit. Or I I once heard, uh, saw someone explain it this way, that uh, our words can I know it might be difficult to see, but are a lot like this nail. They can be like this nail. Now, what does a nail do? Well, nails used to construct things. Nails are used to build things up. And so our words can be like a nail. We can build people up with our words, but our words can also be like, well, fire too, right? It only takes one word or one phrase, one comment, one sentence or one conversation and our words have the potential to tear people down. I mean, there, there are power, there's power in the words that we choose. They're like poison or fruit. They're like the nail or the fire. 
And if you look at it like that, that has the potential to explain a lot. I mean, it explains why the places where we work uh, can be so negative or why at times morale feels like it's so low. I mean, I mean, if all you hear is criticism, it's hard to stay positive in your job and because we want to know that we're doing well. We want to know that we're making progress or that our boss or supervisor notice. I mean, we want to know that we're making a big difference, and, but not only in workplaces. I mean, this also explains why even marriages and our families can be stressful and negative and why they can struggle because if you're in a marriage or if you're in a family, I mean, if all you hear uh, from the ones who are supposed to love you uh, and support you is criticism, well, you know that over time that criticism undermines the relationship. And, and if all you hear from your spouse is that you never get it right or you never think about what I, I'm feeling or what I think, I mean, over time that sort of ongoing criticism can weaken the relationship. I mean, students... I mean, if you're in middle school or high school or college, I mean, if all you hear from your parents is why can't you be like, more like your sister, right? Or why can't you be more like your brother? Or why can't you be more like the other kid in that other family? I mean, over time, that criticism uh, has the potential to really damage the relationship. And, and if all you heard growing up as a kid is that you're not going to amount to much and you never get it right or you could be doing a better job or you're a waste of talent and, and potential, I mean, if you heard that growing up, well, you know the effect that those sorts of words can have. I mean, our words have the potential and the power to build people up, but also they can tear people down. And so let's just stop there for a second. Let me just ask you this. Uh, Take a moment uh, for some self-evaluation and think about your words and your conversations from this past week. I mean, whether those words uh, were shared at home or shared with friends uh, with family members, with, with your peers, or uh, with others. Uh, maybe they're the words that you share on Facebook and, and places like Twitter. I mean, what was your ratio of complaints to compliments? Uh, how often would your words be described as encouraging words versus discouraging words? Uh, do you spend more time building people up or tearing people down? Now, I don't say this to make you feel guilty in any way, But what I want you to be thinking about, what I want for us to to understand is that our words do have the power to make a big difference. In fact, the Bible shows us that when we uh, encourage others, that there are at least two important things that happen. The first is that others are lifted up, that through your encouragement and through my encouragement, our words have the potential to to lift people up, and and that makes sense. But the second one might surprise you a bit, but but when you encourage others, the Scriptures show us that over time that effect, well, it can have a reverse effect in your own life too. That as you encourage, that you and I, that we will be encouraged too. Now, let me show you uh, what I mean by this. Uh, if you have a Bible, uh, turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians. Uh, go to the New Testament, about midway through the New Testament, or a little bit more than midway through the New Testament, to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, and we'll have the verses uh, on the screen for you here too. But uh, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter. Uh, he wrote this book uh, to the people, uh, the Christians living in Thessalonica. Now, that's a fun word to say, all right? Thessalonica. Doesn't that have a good ring to it? Uh, but it was to these people, these Christians living in Thessalonica. Uh, Thessalonica was a busy uh, seaport city on the Aegean Sea. Uh, one of the major Roman roads ran right through it, and so this is a big city. Uh, with lots of people and lots of influence. 
Now, the Apostle Paul had previously helped to establish this church in Thessalonica. In fact, you could say that the Apostle Paul was one of the first uh, multi-site church pastors. I mean, he was all about church planting uh, throughout this region of the world. And even after he left these churches and moved on, he would frequently write letters uh, back to these churches, letters that were intended to be read aloud. I mean, they were, they were sermons, really. Uh, that was the intent. Well, Times were tough in Thessalonica uh, for the people living there. Social uh, instability made it difficult for the people in the church. Uh, Because of their faith in Jesus, these Christians were frequently persecuted. But in spite of these challenges that they faced, the church was full of enthusiastic believers. And and, and these individuals, these friends, these Thessalonians, Thessalonians, they were known for their courage, uh, they were known for their determination, and, and for their devotion. Well, With this letter, Paul reminded them to keep strong, to keep going, uh, to keep your head up, uh, to keep the faith up, to keep enduring uh, during these difficult times. And in it, he keeps pointing to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. See, this hope that we have uh, in a Savior who has come and who gave His life and a Savior that will return for us one day. I mean, that's a hope that we have, that we can embrace uh, as we live our lives, but And in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Paul, with this in mind, offered them some important words for how they should live and how they should go about treating each other as well as the people around them. And and here's what Paul wrote to them. Here's what he said. He said, so encourage one another. Encourage each other. Keep building each other up just as you were already doing. Paul says, hey, don't forget. Don't forget to keep encouraging. Don't don't forget that your words have the power to make all the difference. And I know that times are tough, but don't give in and just keep encouraging one another. Build each other up. Jesus is coming again. And don't forget this. And don't forget these things. Now, that Greek word uh, for encourage uh, is the Greek word uh, paraklesis. And I just think that's really fascinating. It's interesting to me because that same word was used by Jesus to describe the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is, is our paraclete. That word means to come alongside of. That means to, to come to one's help or to come to one's aid. I mean, that's what we do when we encourage. And here's what I love about this passage, that even as the Apostle Paul is talking about encouragement, he's doing it in an encouraging way as well. I mean, motivating them and pushing them to keep going out. He, he points out that they're already doing these things. He says, just as you're already doing, keep doing these things. And so, here's a challenge for us today. Here's the life application that we want to take a look at today. And, and I would say that if we agree, and I think we do, that we all need encouragement. And, and if you buy into this idea that the world, I mean, the general ratio of complaints to compliments is something like six to one, well, I think we need to be asking, what, what's the one thing that we can do to reverse this trend? What's the one thing that we can do to help facilitate change? Well, it's to do what Paul encouraged the Christians living in Thessalonica to do when he said, encourage one another. Have a different outlook on life and do everything that you can in every moment to build each other up as a church, as brothers and sisters in Christ, but also for the sake of the people who are living around you. Now, let's talk about that for a moment. Who are we talking about, and how do we do something like that? Well, let me show you an illustration 
that I think maybe will help and get you thinking about the people uh, and the influence in your life. And let's, let's call basically the, the people in our lives, let's, let's just refer to this first segment of people simply as life. And uh, if you want to follow along in your notes, uh, you can do that. But as we think about those people who just make up life, what we're going to call life for us, these are the casual relationships uh, that every single one of us have with the people uh, that we might encounter on a regular basis. It's the, think about it, it's the people that you interact with when you stop to get your co- cup of coffee uh, tomorrow morning. It's, it's the people at the gas station or the grocery store where you regularly buy groceries. It's it's the parents of the kids in your class, and you don't really know them, but you maybe know of them, or you have reason to interact with them from time to time. It's the server. Uh, who will bring your lunch to your table uh, when you go out to eat after service today. Maybe it's the manager uh, of your building or your property at the apartment complex where you live. It's the neighbors uh, that we don't really know very well on our street, but because we drive by them so often when they're outside, maybe we wave. And so there's some level of familiarity. And so my question for you is, what words do you use when you regularly encounter these people? I mean, is it all business Or do you stop once in a while and take the time and notice how they're doing? Or if they seem stressed or discouraged or in need of encouragement, well, maybe you respond to that in in some sort of way. I mean, if they are people that are are, are waiting on you, serving you, or providing some level of service for you, do you take the time to thank them uh, with your thoughtful words? I mean, do do you ever stop to think what it might mean to encourage them in some unique way. I met a guy last week, and I was preaching over at our Carmel campus, and uh, he was just telling me a story about uh, having his family had recently gone on vacation together, and uh, they came across a man who had provided a, a service for them, and, well, he did something that was just a little unusual for him, and he took out $100 and gave the man a $100 tip. Now, he said, I, I wouldn't normally do that, but as I considered all of the money that we were spending on this vacation, I thought, well, what would it look like for me to just take a moment and encourage this guy in some unique sort of way. And he said, you know, it was kind of fun. It was kind of fun to, to do something like that and to see how he responded. You know, there are so many people today that are living under this constant pressure. And if you consider that, well, if so many are going to a place of work where they are more likely to hear 10 times more negative comments than positive comments, I mean, you can see the effects that over time it has on some people and to think that you and I could change or make a difference in one person's day with one word or one thank you, genuine thank you or compliment. Well, you can see the difference something like that can make. Uh, My family, uh, we were eating out uh, not too long ago. We were at the Pizza Hut buffet uh, one night for dinner, and uh, we were sitting there eating, and uh, my three children, my wife and I, and um, well, I had kind of noticed that there was this older couple that was sitting at a table near us, and the place was packed. And we had been eating for a while. We were almost finished, but this older couple had just finished, and they got it from their seats. And as they were walking out and walking by our table, they stopped, and she turned to our table for a moment, and she looked at us, and she said, I just want you to know that you have a beautiful family, and I am so impressed at how well-behaved your kids are. You must be very proud. Now, Thankfully, <laughs> it was a good night for us, you know, and for the Moomaw family. But I got to tell you the power of those words for my wife especially, but for both my wife and I, that they would take a moment and what their words did for us on that particular encounter, encouraging words build each other up, build people up. 
and have the power to make a big difference for someone else. And so, so we have these people, uh, people in our lives, maybe people that we don't really interact with so much, but we maybe see them each day or when we're out in the community. Uh, we refer to this group, we just simply call them a life. Let's look at this next segment, this next square, and we're going to refer to this next group people as the people of influence uh, around us. Now, uh, these are the people that we work with. These are uh, both peers and leaders and employees. Uh, these are the people that you serve with, maybe here on a team at Genesis Church, or uh, it's the people in your connection group that you're just starting uh, to get to know. Maybe it's the parents of the kids uh, on, on your son or daughter's travel team. It's teachers and, and coaches and band members. It's your friends and neighbors that you have some level of relationship with. Now, do you know what? This might be the segment of people uh, that we really have the potential to make the greatest impact uh, because of the growing uh, depth of that relationship. It's because we have some level of investment, but chances are uh, that most people, most of us, we don't always go out of our way to do the encouraging work that really is before us with the people that we would say fall into this segment uh, of encouragement. We take each other for granted, or we're so busy, or we've, we've got an agenda, or we're always on the move, and so we really don't have enough time because we're just focused on getting the job done, and so we forget to look to how others are doing. And again, if the ratio is 10 to 1, complaints to compliments, well, then you know that most of the people that you work with right now probably could use some encouragement. Listen, if you're a boss, uh, if you're a supervisor of people, I think this is especially important. I mean, you can make an impact. I mean, you can really set the temperature on your team by setting aside time to encourage your team. I mean, don't be the boss that only goes to the people on your team if there's a problem or, or something to address, but find specific ways of encouraging people on your team. I mean, ask them a question like, how are you doing? But then really mean it. Like, stop and check out for just a moment and check in and and really listen and really pay attention to how they respond. I mean, take the time to listen. I mean, asking a question like that, you know, uh, and then listening lets people know that you care about them and not just their performance. And, and again, people uh, in this uh, segment of our lives and this, you know, level of influence that we have, I mean, uh, if we will take the time to identify their needs, well, again, I, I think as Paul says, that we can encourage in such a way that can really make a difference. And so maybe for you, think about some of those people in your life, those people that you work with, uh, those people that you are close to, those neighbors or uh, people in your connection group who are going through a tough time. And, and what would it look like for you to be intentional or to set aside some time to let them know that you care about them? And so we've got these people in our life that we'll just kind of put in this life category and others that we put in this influence category, but there's one more and this next category we'll just call the inner category, and these are the people that are so close to us. Um, and while the circle of influence is where we might be able to make the greatest impact because it's where we are least active in encouraging others, it's in our inner circle that our words really have the most weight. Uh, with the people that are around us. I mean, these are the relationships that are the most intimate or the most vulnerable. Uh, your words or your reactions uh, with these people carry so much weight, which means that we need to be careful about what we're saying and making sure that we're doing all that we can do. Uh, John Eldridge, uh, in his book, Wild at Heart, uh, writes this to, to the female readers. He says this, he says, Do you know what the men in your inner circle are asking themselves? 
at any age, they're asking themselves, do I have what it takes? I mean, it's true. I mean, our preteen boys are wondering if they have what it takes. Uh, middle school and high school boys are asking if they have what it takes to make the team or the band. I mean, they're, they're asking if they have what it takes to join the club or to ask a girl out. Or uh, they ask themselves, do I, do I measure up to my peers? Younger men are asking if they have what it takes to, to make it in the world. Uh, to be a husband, to, to be a father. I mean, most new dads are asking themselves this question when they hold their new baby, you know, in their arms. And, and not only are they asking about if they have what it takes to make it at home, but they, but they ask, you know, do I have what it takes to make it in work? Uh, do I have what it takes to, to, to make it at my job or, or the next one? And, and even as men approach or enter into retirement, I mean, when so much of a male's identity is wrapped up into their career or a profession, I mean, men ask, do I have what it takes, you know, to, to keep going or to make a positive contribution uh, now that I'm not working anymore? Do I have what it takes to provide for my family? Women, I tell you that because the men in your life, they, they need your encouragement. They need to hear your words of encouragement to, to hear that you believe in them, that, to, to hear that you believe they have what it takes. Now, on the other side, men, do you know uh, what question women ask? Well, they ask this question. I think they ask the same question, but not only do they ask the same question, but they're also asking, you know, do I ha- do they, they have this added pressure of trying to look a certain way, to measure up to and unrealistic, um, I think, perception of what beauty is today. I mean, you know, I mean all, all you need to do to consider something like that is just to look at the magazines, you know, when you're checking out at the grocery store and all the airbrushed photos of women, and, and that's the standard that, that our society has really established today. And so your wife and uh, your daughters, I mean, they need to hear from you that they are noticed and that they are valuable and that they are beautiful just as they are. And if you don't believe this to be true, I mean, one report showed that one out of 10 girls has an eating disorder, could be higher, that 40% of girls today between the ages of 9 and 10 have already dieted, that 53% of Americans, uh, American girls are unhappy with their bodies. I mean, it's so sad and so unfortunate, and we shouldn't settle for it. And that's why I mean, even one of those things that we could do, I mean, that, that is why that your encouraging words, our encouraging words really do have a pow- the power to make a difference. And, and, and parents, make sure you catch this. Now, while the average ratio of criticism to compliments is six to one, I, I was reading that in the average parent-to-child relationship, it's more like eight to one. That means that as parents, we are more likely to give eight negative comments to every one positive comment to our kids. That's a punch in the gut. And uh, man, I hope that's not true in my home. I hope that's not true in your home. But think about it. I mean, what would your kids say? I mean, would they say that your words are more encouraging, the words that come from your mouth, your comments and compliments about anything and everything, or discouraging that come from your mouth? Now, that doesn't mean that we don't give instruction. Right? That doesn't mean that we don't guide and teach our children, but even then, we need to make sure that we're finding ways, uh, finding encouraging ways of doing this. And, and just so that we're not picking on moms and dads either, can I talk to students for just a moment? Um, students, uh, your words have the power to make a difference too. Uh, for your mom and dad, I mean, you may feel like that your mom and dad are hopelessly out of touch, all right, that they just don't get it and never will get it, but you have no clue. You have no clue how much they love you. 
and how much they are trying and how they want the very best for you. And so, um, students, you can help out in this, you know, by taking the opportunity to say thank you to mom and dad and uh, to encourage them in what they're doing and in their efforts and and beyond mom and dad too, that even as you go out in the community, I want to challenge you to go out of your way to thank people, to thank your teachers and to thank uh, coaches. And when you're out in public with friends, whether it be at a restaurant or the movie theater or the mall or the park, man, be respectful of others. And any opportunity that you get to take the time to appreciate the people that are serving you, man, encourage them with your words. Chances are you will blow them away and they won't even see it coming. And so Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, he says, encourage one another. Man, make the effort to encourage one another, to build each other up. See, he knows that, the, that your encouragement has the power, that my encouragement has the power to make a big difference, and it can make a big difference for others, but not only for others, but also for you. Solomon says it like this, the uh, second half of Proverbs 11, verse 25. He says, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. You could insert the word encourage in there, that those who encourage others will themselves be encouraged. Now, how incredible is it that when we encourage others, we get encouraged too? And again, when you think about it, it's just one of those reminders that when we hear God's Word and we really make the effort as followers of Jesus to apply these words to our lives, it's as James says, it leads to freedom. It brings joy. It sets us apart. And in this case, it even brings encouragement into our lives too. Now, if you're worried that this means that every word that comes out of your mouth needs to be positive or encouraging or over-the-top, optimistic, that's not what Paul's getting out here. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't ever critique one another, especially if there's something to be talked about or if there's a confrontation that needs to take place. I mean, we all know that in life and in work and in your home, there are going to be times where you need to have a very specific conversation with someone. And so when you do, be specific and do it at the right time and do it in private. And social media is not the right place to criticize anyone, let alone people that you love and that are in your life. Now, if this is hitting home with any of you today, and if maybe you're feeling convicted about your own place and uh, maybe your own words or maybe where you've been in the past week or and in this particular season of life, I mean, maybe as you look at some of your words right now, um, you would see that on balance that you've been a little bit more of a, a discourager than an encourager. And as you think about your relationships, I mean, maybe you see a pile of burnt matches uh, that lie in your wake. Jesus reminds us in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, he says that what you say flows from what is in your heart. And, and so as you think about where to go from here, uh, maybe part of the reflection and the evaluation right now is, okay, what am I allowing to come into my heart? And what is it that I'm reading or what is it that I'm listening to? Um, by choice. Um, you know, what, what effect are the people in my life right now, maybe in my own family, having on me? And I realize that in some cases and in some situations, you can only control that so much. But, but I think what Jesus was getting at 
Well, it's something that every single one of us controls, and that is that one of the greatest things that you can do in your life and that I can do in my life is to keep investing in Him and in your relationship with Him and reading His Word and in things like prayer and reflecting on that relationship and how as that relationship in Him grows inside of us, man, you can't help but change. I mean, that, that has to come out. And, and when you know Christ and when you reflect on Christ and that love and that difference that He can make in your life, well, there, there's a power in that. There is a joy that has to come forth and giving us the strength and the power and the encouragement to be encouragers, uh, to share the joy and the hope. I, I am convinced that Christians should be the most joy-filled people on the planet, and so often we're not. But when we have this hope of Christ and when we truly reflect on the power of the cross for our lives and what Jesus has given to us, man, that should change us and should change our church and over time allow us to change our community to go and to be light into very dark places as we encourage one another. And so the application for today is pretty simple. Go find ways to encourage people in your life. Go make the effort. I mean, be, be intentional in the words that you choose. Go Go out of your way to encourage and say thanks. Uh, become known as an encouraging person. Uh, Jenny and I were uh, getting ready for bed recently, and I was in the bathroom brushing my teeth or something, and she came in, and uh, she sat down. She had this pile of cards that she had pulled out of our nightstand, and she goes, hey, did you know we still have these? And I said, well, I don't, I don't really know what you're talking about. And she said, we... Uh, I've got a pile of all these cards. You remember when we moved away from Michigan and uh, uh, the people gave us all these cards as a way of, uh, of saying thank you and goodbye. And she said, do you want these anymore? And I'm like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't need them. We can get rid of them. We don't keep stuff. And well, she sat there and she just started opening them and just reading through each one. And uh, what happened is one by one, we kind of found ourselves just kind of zoning in a little bit more as I remember them. And and then the message. Oh, I remember them. And, and then the message and this memory and this thought and this, hey, one more thing and this encouraging word. And, and it was so powerful in that moment to be reminded that, you know, those encouraging words, they really can make all the difference. And so uh, here's what I want to challenge you to do today, really just as a part of that application is when you came in, you should have received a little note card. And um, I believe there's power in a written note. And uh, so your assignment this week is just send an encouraging note. Chances are some of you maybe already know who that person is right now. Uh, it could be somebody close to you. It could be somebody that maybe you haven't talked to in a little while or somebody that you see that's going through a, a difficult time. Maybe somebody that's just doing really well. And, um, but hey, I was thinking about you and well, here's my encouraging note uh, for today. Would you do that this week? Would you just take a moment and uh, maybe as a way of getting started or continuing in this, uh, let, let's send an encouraging note. Find somebody in your life uh, that you can send a note and send a message to, and then think and pray about the, the, the potential, the power, the difference that we can really make as followers of Jesus, that when we not only look to the Word of God and hear it, but apply it, that, well, over time those things get noticed. And what does it mean for us to be the most encouraging, the most joy-filled people on the planet, to take light into dark places and to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ?
in everything that we do. It really can make a difference. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we pray that you would give us the power and uh, the influence and the desire to really go and make a difference uh, right now um, where we work, uh, at school, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, um, right here in this community and some other surrounding communities that we really would be the most joy-filled people on the planet. And as the Apostle Paul commands, that we would go and that we would be encouraging not only of each other, uh, but the people that we come in contact with each week. And I pray, Lord, that you would open us up to the possibilities that somebody at some point is going to ask what makes you different. And that in that moment, we'd be willing and ready to share the message of Jesus and what it is that he's doing in us and the difference that he can make. God, would you give us the strength to do that? Would you bless our efforts? Would you fill our hearts with joy to go and be encouraging people in the name of Jesus? uh, We pray these things. Amen.